kind of said, right, I want you all to come up with some words about working at Holton Farms or about farming or how you feel about the industry. What does it make you feel like? And so they come up with words like um, high welfare, inspired, it's fun, people focused. Welcome to the MacVet podcast, the show that talks about communication, cows and coffee. I'm your host Fiona McGilvery and this is part two of my interview with the amazing Karen Halton of Halton Farms Limited where we talk about bringing younger people into the industry and investing in the future of farming, achieving motivation through involvement with the team, cream cake Friday and we find out which two cow breeds are Karen's favourites. Uh, I'd had two coffees by that stage, so I was feeling very generous and offered two favourite breeds. So I hope you enjoy part two with me speaking to the inspirational Karen Halton. On that theme of words, um, I'm just thinking back to the farm tour that you've just uh, taken me on, which was fantastic. And one thing that we um, spent a little bit of time on, because I asked you about, was the wall of words yeah. <laughs> uh, in the milking parlour, which again, fortunately, we've got photographs, so we can share that. Um, I've got so many things to ask you about communication. I mean, you are just so in touch with the power of communication, Karen, which is, again, one of the reasons I was so excited to come and speak to you. But could you Is that just a ex- pleasant way of saying I talk a lot? <laughs> <laughs> or I talk too much. That's no, I, I, just, I, I, I think we should have about ten parts to this because <laughs> I'd be here all day if I if I could. But um, would you mind just explaining a little bit behind? You know, what, what, how did that come about? The wall of words. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we do quite a bit. So with the staff, because I've run quite a young team, so I'm very passionate about bringing people into the industry and especially younger people because that is our future you know Tom and I are 54 now so I reckon or we reckon we've got about another 10 years left in us that we'll be able to do anything any decent work and any do any good really and um, we did say that at 50 and then when we got to 54 we were thinking crikey the years are running out really quickly and um, so so we got to 54 and said another 10 years and um, these young people are our future um, and we need to keep this industry young and vibrant and encourage them in. So um, we have like quite, because we've got a young team as well, I always think it's easier to train somebody than untrain somebody. Mm-hmm. So I like blank canvases. Mm, good point. And then it's also easier to get them to work how we want them to work as well and have the interactions with the cows that we want. Um, so we often will sit down and have team meetings um, about... Um, input from them really and what they think and how they want things to run but then we do with the little sessions about working here and what they feel so we like people to feel a part of it and like they've got ownership of everything mm-hmm. and they've got some autonomy so I think one one session it was quite a, it was quite a few years ago now I did that session where I kind of said right I want you all to come up with some words about working at Holton Farms or about farming or how you feel about the industry um, or how you feel like working here, what, what does it make you feel like? And so they come up with words like um, 
high welfare inspired it's fun people focused um, we'd started talking at that point a lot about environment so somebody had come up with sustainability and environment because we could see you know quite a long time ago that was coming down the line and it was something we'd got to visit and look at um, and then these younger people are a lot more in touch with that kind of stuff as well now mm-hmm. um, you know about sustainability and carbon footprinting you know it's what they're learning um which i never did at school it didn't do it at school for me so um and so it's it's good to then put those words onto we put them onto big you'll see on the pictures big um colored words and we put them up in the parlor because that's a place where pretty much everybody goes through that parlor most days if not every day and it just reminds you again and it just jogs your memory again about what we are about, what our values are. So really, it is a wor- it's a wall of our values, really. Mm. Um, and then every now and again, we'll refresh them or say we're doing another meeting six months down the line and somebody says, oh, do you know what? And says a word, mm. I'll go, right, I'll ring the printers and go, just do me this word for the wall, yeah. you know, in the same format and we'll stick that word up. So we are on our second batch of words because the first batch just stupidly did them on like this Corex stuff because it was cheaper yeah. and the cows just lit them all off and ripped them <laughs> off. They, they had a field day. The cows maybe wanted to chug their own words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to eat mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Excellent. Yeah. So you said before you have a team of around 14 people currently. Um, mm. How do you... Uh, how do you work with the sort of their motivation and the engagement within the whole sort of enterprise um certainly when it comes to things like making changes okay so when i say 14 people that sounds a lot of people for 500 cows but we've got this diversification bit we also milk three times a day mm-hmm. and um i will include so tom and i are included in that 14 but then i would also include the saturday lad so because he's just as important you know, on that Saturday when he comes in to scrape out or move cows around or do a milking, whatever he's doing, he's giving a permanent member of staff a day off. Yep. So, you know, he's super important. So I have a Saturday lad and then I have another lad who's a Sunday lad. Mm-hmm. So I count them both as a member of staff mm-hmm. each. So, um, so yes, yeah, so it's about 14 people. Um, we motivate, we get them very involved. So no matter what we're doing, so Open Farm Sunday, everybody had a job or some people had loads of jobs and they all really enjoyed it. Um, we try and have teams, so we do teams, so you know we'll have like a feeding team, a milking team, we'll have a calf rearing team, but all those teams then come together um, for particular jobs or you know, say we're going to get the heifers in for foot bathing, the in calf heifers that are up the field, you know, different people from different teams when they're spare will come and do that. Um, we'll all we do things like the Cheshire Farms competition. We've been in the Gold Cup, so they're all big team efforts. So when somebody comes round to interview us for a competition, it's not just Tom and I sat at the table. Mm. You know, we'll somebody feeding the cows will be sat at the table. You know, the herdsman will be there, obviously, and um, the herdsperson. But then you know, Adam, who's an apprentice, will come and sit in on the meeting. You know, because they're all own part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it only runs and functions as good as what they what they are. You know, and you're only as good as your last member of staff, really, or your last herdsman, or you're only as good as that. So, and then we'll do things. Um, we do something called Cream Cake Friday. So this is how we develop the respect for the cows. So quite often on a on a Friday, it's, it could be that there's a reason we're having it. So it could be we want to do a bit of a health and safety talk. Um, it could be we've won something. 
Uh, it could be we're having a visitor. I don't know. We might talk about you on Friday, Fiona. Tomorrow, oh, who knows? That's scary. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, so something we want to talk about. So we'll just have 20 minutes before we start milking again at one o'clock. And we'll buy a load of cream cakes from Chatwins. Uh, they're my favourites. <laughs> and we will have a slot of sh- uh, shot of slow gin. But obviously not when we're doing a health and safety talk. <laughs> and um, we'll say a little few words. We'll have a little chit-chat. We'll all stand around the table with the cakes and the gin. And then we will um, raise a glass. Excuse me, that's my naughty dogs. Um, <laughs> and we'll raise a glass mm-hmm. um, and say thank you to the cows. Yeah. Yeah, um, because without the cows, and this is what we say to everybody, without the cows, we haven't got any of this. So they pay our wages, um, they put the roofs over our heads, you know, they provide that milk for us. They're our work colleagues, they're not just cows, they're our work colleagues. Yeah. So it's a bit of an appreciation. And um, I know you looked at the striving for excellence thing I've got on the wall about working with our cows. So we've got lots of things like that. So. That's the kind of respect we're trying to develop in our team, working with our cows. So if they, we can do that and they respect them, our cows will always be happy and that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, from a welfare point of view, but from a production point of view, yeah. you know, they'll produce more milk if they're happy mm-hmm. and they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a no-brainer, really. Mm-hmm. And then we do other things like we have a masseuse, we have a massage lady, a sports massage therapist in the village um, every Wednesday night. There's an appointment at five o'clock. So whoever's got the most aches and pains goes to that appointment and gets their gets their massage. Quite often Pete will come in, Pete's been here 30 odd years. Pete will come in limping about Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> he's sussed it out now, the yeah. system. <laughs> yeah. So he'll limp or he's got a bad shoulder on a Tuesday. So he gets to take priority on the Wednesday. Um, and then we'll do things like sometimes we'll just, especially on a weekend. You know, pretty tough working weekend, especially if you're younger and your mates are all going out on a Saturday night and mm-hmm. you've got to be up for really missing out. milking yeah. at four on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Yeah. So if they do that, we'll probably go up the Toby for breakfast. Mm-hmm. We'll just take everybody up the Toby and have breakfast. Um, if there's conferences on or Total Dairy or Dairy UK or something going on, you know, mm-hmm. people will go and it won't just always be managers. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll make sure that it's a really good thing for an apprentice, you know, 16-year-old apprentice, yeah. to go and see because they can see what's down the line and what the industry can offer yeah. and yeah. learn something. Mm-hmm. Nutritional meetings, you know, anybody interested in nutrition or wants to learn a bit more, if Steph Hursfield, our nutritionist lady's here, she comes in, they can all sit down and anybody can go and listen mm-hmm. or ask questions if they want to learn. Mm-hmm. It's about learning, isn't it? Mm. And if you're not exposed to it, you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life. If you can expose somebody to something yeah. that they then get interested, that can be life-changing for them. Yeah. But if, if they don't know about it, they'll never know, will they? Mm, that's really well said. And when I first arrived, you were explaining about how you are really keen about taking, taking on these youngsters, as you say, and giving, the, giving them the opportunity to think about what they might want to do and... I can imagine it must be really tough for you because you invest a lot of time and you care a lot about how they are getting on uh, here. And when you see them sort of maybe want to take on a next step, which means leaving the farm, mm. it must be tough for you. But uh, but you are the bigger picture, yeah. you know, inspiring the next generations to come along. Yeah, and it's it's not that it's tough. Um, it's I'm very proud. Mm. You know, like Liam, I had a young stock. I was telling you before, she's going off now. Um, she's going to train to be a vet. And that's brilliant 
But what's really brilliant is working here didn't put her off doing that. It actually inspired her to go and do it. Yeah. And she's going with a lot more on a CV now to be able to do that mm -hmm. than she was before she came here. Yeah. So I've given her, we've developed her, she's learnt loads and she's brought a lot, hell of a lot to the table as well. Mm -hmm. You know, she's brilliant. But she's also passing that on to Shauna, who's her assistant. Mm -hmm. So it'll make it a little bit easier when she goes because I'll have to go back into what she's doing now. But I'll have Shauna, who already will be, you know, at a really good level. So she'll be great for me. Um, and Shauna will probably have learnt loads of stuff from Leah now that I'll have forgotten. So Shauna's going to be a massive help to me. But Leah will be here part-time for a year or so, yeah. you know, while she starts the first few years. Um, so, you know, and, and then another young lady, um, Hermione, she... Um, dropped out of sixth form last year to come and milk her. She'd been milking here a little bit, part-time, and loved it so much, and then started to hate sixth form. So dropped out of her last year, um, and then came here, and now she's got herself in at Harper. So that's inspired her to come into this industry and actually take it seriously and, and go to university mm -hmm. in farming, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and that happens a lot. You know, Adam, he'll do his two-year apprenticeship, and hopefully... Then he'll go to Harper and I've got another young lady coming on an apprenticeship. He's going to do crops. She's going to do livestock. Um, that's where she wants to go now is to Harper. And that's really because she came here for a weekend job looking for a bit of milking. Mm -hmm. She comes from a horsey background, so she's got that work ethic mm -hmm. ethos. So that's good. Mm -hmm. That helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now she's like wanting to get to Harper. Mm -hmm. She's joined the tug of war team. She's in the young farmers. She's loving it, and it's really changed her life. Mm -hmm. so, wow, that's really powerful. That's such mm -hmm. an inspiration, Kelly. That's fabulous. As you said, quite rightly, you must be very proud. I yeah, can understand no, I'm proud that. of that. I'm yeah. really proud. And don't get me wrong. Along the way, I'll get some that don't work out. Sure. You know, some I'll sack, some leave. Mm -hmm. It's just not for them. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. um, I always say sometimes people have just got to get off the bus mm -hmm. yes. um, and you know the bus isn't for everybody and sometimes you can only go so far and we just need to get off Yes, yeah. and that's fine. Mm -hmm. We yeah. should never be embarrassed about that. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely right. Just changing tack a little bit, uh, still on the communication theme, but um, thinking about what, what one of our listeners has asked me to ask. Um, you do a lot of public speaking now and I remember it was about five or six years ago when I first heard yourself and your husband Tom speaking at uh, I think an AHDB uh, meeting and you were saying about these were your aspirations for the farm uh, and you had clear goals and you were really really inspiring then I remember thinking gosh you know I'd love to, to keep an eye on what Karen and Tom get up to um, how do you go about uh, preparing for your public speaking how do you think you uh, engage with your audience. You were saying to me a little bit earlier about how you're very keen to look at the audience members to see their responses to what you're saying. Mm. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Do you know, I don't do loads of preparation um, because I feel if I try and prep something and learn it, I can never do it mm -hmm. because I get too wrapped up in I didn't say that right or I should have said that here and I should have said it there. Mm -hmm. What I end up doing is I'll put a bit of a presentation together. I'll think about it and I'll think about it when I'm feeding carbs. So for a few weeks before I go, I'll know what we're talking about. I'll know what the title is and what I'm supposed to be talking about. And then I'll just talk about what we do. Mm -hmm. It's my life. So I never get nervous when I do it. I actually love doing it. 
and I don't ever get nervous because I can only talk about what I know, mm. if that makes sense. I don't know. It's, it's only about me and what my experience. So I'm not there to teach people anything because I'm not qualified to do that. So if I ever get asked to do something, it's really because I'm talking about my experience, really, and how something's worked for me or not, um, or how I deal with things. So there's no right and wrong. It's just my what I do. Um, but I will just start to think about things, and then all of a sudden, it might be the night before or a few days before, next minute I'm putting some slides together with some words and some pictures, I run through it a couple of times, put it on a memory stick and I go. And I get there and when I start talking, I monitor what people are reacting like. So I'm a bit of a monkey for swearing a little bit. So if I just do throw in a bit of a swear word through something, like sometimes I talk about the dog shit I put in Tom's cornflakes one morning, which is a different story, but it helped him to understand why he shouldn't feel feed shit silage to my heifers. Having dog shit on your cornflakes usually wakes you up to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I talk about that, you know, and I use the word shit and people laugh. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I can mm. be a bit more of myself. It's like a barometer maybe. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> yeah. of barometer, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so you can kind of manage it like that really. Yeah. And yeah, just try, I'm just always really, really honest. And you know, if somebody, I never get scared about what somebody's going to ask me. Mm. Um because there's nothing you can kind of ask me that I probably can't, I can't see, I couldn't answer it. Mm-hmm. Because if it was something I don't know anything about, I'm quite happy to go, don't know. Mm. I've never crossed that. I don't know, I can only tell you what I know. Mm. Um, and the only thing you'd ever catch me out on is numbers. I'm rubbish about numbers. So I can't remember numbers very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so people might say to me, oh, what ratio of milk powder are you feeding your carbs in the... I can't tell you because I can't remember numbers. I'm really bad. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is it's five scoops because yeah. I've got a scoop. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. it's all measured out mm. and it gets keeps getting calibrated to make sure we're always okay. Yeah. But I know I have to put five scoops of that into twenty liters. Mm. But I couldn't tell you how many grams is in each scoop because I cannot physically remember it. If a cow calves and I've got to go and write a bucket up for the parlour, we have to put it on like a lid of a bucket for the colostrum, and the cow's like six seven three four by the time i've got from the calf pens to the parlor to get the bucket it's seven six nine four yeah. you know i've completely yeah. muddled it up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm really bad at, but tom's amazing on numbers mm-hmm. if you give me a spreadsheet i'm fine the numbers are all there in front of me i've got a calculator I can work it out i'm great yeah. move me away from it where i can't see it my memory won't let me do it mm-hmm. so i struggle on stuff like that but i just openly have to tell people that i'm not embarrassed about it it's the mm. way i'm built Mm-hmm. My mind doesn't work on numbers and mm. um, remembering them. So I'm not embarrassed about it, but sometimes I do have to say things. Do you know what? I can't tell you now because I can't remember numbers, mm. but I'll find it out for you and I'll tell you later. And um, I think, yeah, I, I think that's also useful for our listeners to hear uh, because I can imagine a lot of people do get a little bit stressed thinking, I have to answer every question. So to hear you say, yeah. you know, the best thing, I mean, I have to say throughout the whole, the whole conversation the fact you value honesty mm, uh it, you know comes shines through and i think you're absolutely right when it comes to being asked questions that you don't know the answers mm, mm. Uh, as you say it's the best thing is to be honest isn't it yeah so. it is i think we did the aha ahdb yeah. um, <laughs> I know, it isn't why did they make that so difficult <laughs> i know couldn't they come up with a better yeah acronym? <laughs> it could be so much easier yeah um I, uh, when we were a strategic farm for them, yeah, and then they throw in strategic farm as yeah. well. It's a right mouthful. <laughs> um, when we did that, 
I learned on that as well. There's no point in lying. I always used to say, this was another phrase of mine, being a strategic farmer, it's a bit like dro dropping your pants in public. <laughs> now, I don't think a lot of the marketing people in AHDB like that phrase. <laughs> no. But it is, you're basically yeah. dropping your pants in public. Yeah, because yeah. you have people come onto you, you have these farmers come onto your farm mm -hmm. four times a year. Mm. Some are just tire kicking and having a nosy. Mm. But some are actually coming because they want to know about something because they want to change or progress or do better mm. at something because mm. they might think they're bad at it, right? If we're bad at it, I'll openly tell you. So we used to be really bad at grazing. Grazing is not our strong point. You know, I really respect people, especially the grazing people that are so hardcore and so good and so figured on it, you know, like the figures on it. And I try and use Agrinet and I do use it because I do measure grass and stuff. Um, even for zero grazing, I still have to measure the grass for zero grazing. Um, and I go around and I do it and then I get on Agrinet and then it'll be like the box goes red and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I've made a mistake because we've, 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 um, Great, uh, not grazed, we've um, chopped something, you know, been out and forage box something, and I'm like, oh my God, what do I put for that? Oh, I can't wear that percentage out. I'm rubbish at it. So I really respect people that do that. But I will openly say, there's no point having a load of farmers on here to mm. learn something, pretend I'm good at everything. Yeah. What are they going to learn from me? If yeah. I lie or I fake it, one, they might find out and then look a right idiot. Um, but two, what have I taught them? Mm. I haven't told them the truth. So, you know, back in the day when my heifers were carving in at 28 months, mm. Yeah, my heifers, that's why I'm here, because mm. I want to learn how to get it to 24. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is my journey. This is how I did it. Work for me. Mm -hmm. If you try that, it might work for you. Mm. You know, but it won't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I learned there, you know, and, and also, you know, some of those meetings, we could have 80 to 100 farmers all staring back at us. You know, and they used to stand there and think, yeah, I need to, you've got to get this right. You've got to be honest. Mm. Because there'll be people out there knowing stuff about you. You don't know they know. Mm. So you can never lie. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Nobody will learn from you lying. Yeah. You yeah. know, when, you know, we're at 32 preg rate at the minute. You know, if that drops to 24 because of something, I'm never going to cover that up. Mm -hmm. I'll probably do an article in a magazine about, yeah, dropped to 24. This is what happened to us. Yeah. We made a mistake. You no, know, Tom made a massive mistake. Oh, my God. Tom's made a massive mistake <laughs> very recently. He's really not, he's, he's in such bad books. Um, who it back in July or June? He, um, we'd do a, like a ration thing for the heifers at the heifer unit. And Thomas decides he's not making the mix. Um, why was it? There was a reasoning behind it. One, he's trying to save a bit of money, but it's the wrong way to save money. And two, he just decides he's not doing the blend. Um, because we were busy doing something else that day and he thought, well, uh, we won't do it. We're doing these other jobs and um, we'll just leave it for a month or two, right? Doesn't tell the new nutritionist, doesn't tell the head of young stock, Leah, doesn't tell me, doesn't tell Beth Mark. In the meantime, we, me and Leah, well, Leah, every month weighs those heifers down at like every single heifer on that unit mm -hmm. gets weighed. So for the last two weigh-ins certain sheds are dropping in weight and we're not it's not horrendous mm. but it's going the wrong way yeah so they're all racking the brains bet marks involved you know what's going on here with these ever blah, blah blah why and we're looking do we need better reflights in the you know and then tom's even in the conversation going well maybe i'll re replace some reflights and then forgetting he stopped mixing a blooming blank oh my god anyway it all comes to light joe's feeding the other day then he goes he looks on cow connect and he phones the nutritionist when we were on holiday going Am I supposed to be putting a blend in for these heifers? Well, yeah, we've always done that. Oh, no, there hasn't been one in since July. 
Oh my god. <laughs> mm. So that's like a massive faux pas. That is like so bad. So he's had to give like a proper apology to Leah because she's like, what am I doing wrong? Why am I heifers losing weight? You know, and that's just, you know, and it does happen. And that's just the way Tom rolls sometimes, bless him. So he's had to go around apologising now. I said, it's much harder work to go around apologising than it is to just do the job, love. Just do the job. <laughs> but, you know, things yeah. like that happen sometimes. That yeah, was a bit of a decision of he took, which was totally wrong. And it's bit him massively on the backside. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's what it is. But we've all had to sit around the table and talk about it. Mm. Uh, he's tried to joke about it, as he does, but... Mm. It's not a joking matter. Because mm. um, I'm sure he'll appreciate just how much of an impact it's had. Now he's seen yeah. that impact. Yeah. He's like, shit, what have we done? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, monetary-wise, we've made a massive negative... You know, those we're, we're like carving heifers down at 22 months. Mm-hmm. We won't have 22 months. Going forward now, mm. we'll be up over 23. We imagine what that costs us, another month of rearing a heifer yeah. rather than it milking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, sometimes I could strangle him. But he's thinking yeah. of the short-term gain. Sure. Yeah. Not the long-term loss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll be using more straws now. You know, there'll be loads of little implications that because we look at the data, I suppose, and we monitor it and measure it, mm. and we're always looking, yeah. um, we'll probably know those impacts, mm-hmm. whereas maybe some people wouldn't mm-hmm. um, for quite a while and they wouldn't understand why. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time. We're too much on it. We're down there every month weighing. Mm-hmm. Put back in every week and weighing every month. Mm. So even the in-calf heifers we weigh. So yeah, he's been caught. There's nowhere to hide around here, let me tell you. <laughs> no, exactly. No <laughs> No, he won't be forgetting that one soon, I'm sure. No, no definitely not. It's going to cost him some flowers or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say at least. Um, Karen, asking you about cows and maybe your favourite cow breed. Now, you are allowed two. Two? I'm allowed so I'm feeling two. generous, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I actually, well, yeah, no, that's good. Um, out of the pro-cross system we do, um, I would say Monty's would be my favourite. Mm-hmm. They had a really bad reputation years ago, and it was really sad because, and people still ask me now, oh, you do Monty's, aren't they a bit nasty? Absolutely not. It was a couple of bulls, I think, in the they were using the semen in the country that happened to be a little bit temperamental. Mm-hmm. It's not a trait of the breed at all. I love them because they're very robust, they're big, they're strong, they're robust, and they love food it, feeding. They love food, mm-hmm. and they love eating, and they run to the trough to eat the food. That's one of the reasons we started crossbreeding with them, because that's what Tom noticed about them. Yeah. Um, and they're also, they produce a cracking calf. Mm-hmm. So we use sex semen, but the very, very odd bull we, we get, we'll still get, we'll get as good money at market for it as we will the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, beef calf, bull calf, and yeah, they're just nice. They're not as fussy. The Viking reds, and they can be a bit more fussy and a bit more temperamental, and but in a nice way, in a cheeky way. Mm. The Montes just kind of get on with it, yeah. and we just go through life and get on with it. Mm. Pop a few calves out, drop you some milk. High, good butter fat. They've got um, oh, capacasin. Their milk's quite high in capacasin, which is good for cheese making, mm-hmm. apparently. And my other one would be, we don't milk them and we don't have them, but purely from looking at them is jerseys. Oh, yes. Those I eyes. Jerseys, those <laughs> eyes are so cute. They're like something off like a magazine, like a cartoon character, aren't they? They're amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love them. I wouldn't want a herd of jerseys because <laughs> no. I know they can be like 
I know people that have got them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd be like quite the monkeys, aren't they? But I like that, saying that. Yeah. I love things that are fun and yeah. a bit cheeky and naughty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, aesthetically, um, definitely jerseys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but to work with, I really like monkeys. Yeah. yeah. They sound like the Labradors of the cow yeah. world. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and ours are crossbred as well. So, um, yeah, even better because yeah. the longevity's there. Yeah. Very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those uh, those two breeds. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, any particular coffee habits you have? Are you a big milky. coffee drink? Oh, milky yes. Coffee. Milky coffee. Yeah. Definitely milky coffee every single morning. Um, start with fruit tea or a peppermint tea first thing. Mm-hmm. And then always at least... Oh, I did have loads, but I've had to cut back a bit because I got a bit greedy with it. But I'll definitely have one about seven o'clock. And Tom usually brings it out to the car pens to me. Got him well trained. Um, and then sometimes when I come back into the office. And then fatally, we moved the coffee machine from the milk shack into my office a few Ooh. months ago. Because the ice cream machine in there needed a bit more space for air. Yeah. It kept breaking down because it couldn't get enough air around it. They put the coffee machine. Oh, my God. I was on about 10 a day. Because then you just lean over, press a button and get a mm. cafe latte straight away. And we put Dangerous. our own milk in it. It's oh, not powder. Gorgeous. It's our own milk. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going crazy on those. But I will literally get a big cup, put milk in, raw milk, put it in the microwave, um, two and a half minutes, put some coffee in, stir it up. Absolutely brilliant. The best. It is the best. Yeah. Definitely milky coffee. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, is there anything else you'd like to share that you think our listeners would, found, would find of interest? Um, I'll apologise to you listeners straight away because I just ramble and go on for ages. I could talk forever, uh, especially about this industry. Um, of interest, what would be of interest? I think, I think I find interesting at the moment how many people are talking about our industry. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, there, are, there is negative talk about our industry, but I think there's a lot of positive talk you know, don't get me wrong, the milk price is dropping, the costs haven't come down as quick and it's getting very tough. I know there's a lot of people leaving the industry. I think that's very sad. Mm. I also am a great believer there's a lot of people that should leave the industry because I think like any industry, you've got people that are good and people that are bad. Mm. Um, I just think sometimes the way our industry, the logistics of everything with the milk price and the mechanisms and things that go on, the problem is if we're not careful, we're going to lose some very good people mm-hmm. just because of the pricing of the systems and the way it works and that's going to be really sad if we have some good people leaving it gets touchy you know we come close sometimes Mm. and we have to sit down and say to ourselves you know do we want to keep rolling like this Mm. um we have to ask ourselves some hard questions some days but at the moment we're sticking with it even though we're taking a big drop again now we're losing money at the minute but you know we'll overcome it um if we didn't have our cows so healthy and happy and you know hitting the targets they're hitting mm-hmm. we couldn't keep going on the milk price run you know if we weren't 32 percent preg rate carving in at 22 months yeah. you know brilliant carving index healthy cows no way could we we wouldn't still be going with the mm-hmm. bus now um i think we need to it's interesting the people that are positive about us on the outside so there's a lot of public out there mm-hmm. there's there's kids out there that are really positive about us as an industry yeah. And we have to try and remember that and hold on to that 
and try and breed more of that positivity. And that is down to us as farmers as well. You know, we've got to go out and radiate that positivity and not hide behind the farm gate. And I can't think of anything else really. What's interesting? I think there's, yeah. I think is it the sustainability, the regen, it's all exciting stuff. Um, if we can be affording to do it, yeah. you know, to me it's a no-brainer. We mm-hmm. need to do these things, yeah. but we need not to get caught up into the momentum of things that aren't true. We need it needs to be real. Mm. We need to keep it real, and we need to know the truth of things, not just some whim of somebody's put something out there in the media or on Facebook, and yeah. it's not it's misinformation. It's hard nowadays, I think, to distinguish between the truth and the misinformation. Yeah. This fake news thing's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, exciting for me is my picnic pod. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> intrigued to see how that goes. It sounds fantastic. And, and do you think you'll do Open Farm Sunday again? Definitely. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, I think we'll be in, we'll do Cheshire Farms competition because we won that a few, t- I think it was 2019, we won Cheshire Farms competition. Mm-hmm. We've been in it again this year with diversification and we also did um, the cows this year. So it was any other breed sort of thing. So it was coloured cows. And then we got through to the premier herd and we came second. So I think we'll do the full Monty on that next year again. Yeah. We'll get back into that scene. I want to try for the Gold Cup again. Yeah. We're not, don't get me wrong, we're a tenant farm and we're not a greenfield side. So it might not look amazing, but I think we can put on a good party. Mm. So I'm going to have a go at that. Fabulous. Yeah. And I've got, I'm chairing the Women in Dairy Conference in September. So that's another thing to look Never for. a dull moment, Karen. No, definitely not. No, I'm all psyched up for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so cool. I'm on the council for our ABDF and part of that is I do quite a bit with Women in Dairy because I've won that a few years ago as well. So, um, yeah, big advocate of that. Yeah. More women in dairy is what we need. Yes, excellent. And so we'll be sharing links to all these um different organisations and maybe how people can get involved in women yeah, in dairy. Definitely, um, that'd be amazing but, if we can. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant, thank Fantastic. you. Well, Karen, it's been an absolute joy to come and speak to you today and be shown around your amazing herd of beautiful cows. Thank you so much for your time oh, uh, and sharing in this conversation. Thank no, you. you're brilliant, thank you. You've been really great, actually. I didn't feel scared at all. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please follow or subscribe to the show so you can join me next time when I'll be talking more about communication, cows and coffee.